here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Yeah, oh, hold on, I still hear folks. I apologize. I'm doing my best. Everybody, if you can do this today, let's see. Let's see if you can do this. I have to try to stay up now because this is a long And turn my sound down in my video.
working with those that believe in others and God that that's only the message of Jesus. We do have divine revelations that come through and explain it, and uh, there are angels and demons that we believe in uh, the Word, and in the beginning they say there's a Trinity and everything. And we sort of go along with the uh, uh, belief in God with a big G, and how we move forward with being able to do that kind of thing with all those that are the seated masters or the teachers that believe in Jesus, Yahshua, or whatever name you may want to call But uh, Christians, Muslims, Jews, the Abrahamic faith of Abraham. And uh, today, Sunday, we're going to be doing this so I invite you to join us. And we share our Sabbath space presence with citizens in our radio ministry. And we recognize that they are believers and are divine believers. There he is. He popped back on in the beginning as uh, infinity in our soul. So I'm going to ask Richard uh, to talk today with us about how we see ourselves. Uh, as a divine connection to the highest powers, so it's no that that are being called, growing, and expanding uh, logically are what the empirical leads on the earth, uh, give vibrations, uh, we're getting to heavy levels of leveling up in here, and how we are all playing parts of this thing in life, so we may just go anywhere uh, if uh, you don't mind, and we may share uh, for those of you that are believers. So let me get Pastor Richard. Pastor Richard, tonight. Hi, this is the time that we've had yet. I don't know if you were able to talk to him tonight, but you're here, and I don't see much of your teaching. So we're going to begin with you and telling people who you are and that you follow your commitment to come to Jesus. Go ahead. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us live on the air on this very special summer solstice. It's the longest day of light of the year, and also it happens to be Father's Day today, so congratulations to all the fathers out there. Of course, the rest of us would not be around had we not had fathers and, of course, mothers. Um, a little bit of background on me. I'm very much uh, sensitive. Uh, I was born with 14 senses and remain connected to the source of all, very much aware that I was more spirit than ever a human being, per se. Uh, and of course, this uh, led to a lot of trials and tribulations in life, a lot of rejection, a lot of non-acceptance. But eventually what happened was that the, you know, the light was shown, the love was shown, and people began to accept me as the person that I am. I've done a lot of investigations in paranormal sources regarding hauntings and exorcisms and this kind of thing. I've also done civil and criminal investigations, and I am a philosopher, a theosopher, and uh, an ordained minister and have been for over 40 years uh, with Universal Life Church. So I gladly joined uh, TJ in the creation of Ascension Church Ohana. I am a writer, a poet, a wordsmith, uh, and lots of different hats uh, from lots of different initiations and lots of different lives in lots of different uh, traditions and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm very open-minded and very open-hearted, and I come to you today 
as uh, a jubilant day of celebration because uh, with it being the longest day of the year and the sun being its brightest form, uh, if you go back in history, of course, uh, the ancient Egyptians rep- uh, re- worshipped the sun, and the sun was a representation of God, per se. Um, and then, of course, there have been lots of other cultures. And, uh, the Aztecs and the Mayans gave uh, great tribute to the sun. And there's, as long as one perceives the sun being the source of energy that, of course, provides everything that we need here on Earth, as far as, you know, uh, all our vegetables and the trees and the plants and all that kind of good stuff, as well as uh, the ability to walk around and absorb the vitamin D that is essential to the body. Um, But we, as human beings, uh, we are multidimensional beings of light. We are spirit first and human second. Um, And that's the way, I mean, that's just my humble opinion of it, and that's what I've garnered from life. Uh, so TJ, I wasn't able to hear you very clearly. Can you speak some of? Yeah, I'm on the smaller uh, phone. I can. Uh, is it? Am I not coming across loud enough? You're not coming. You're not coming across very loud at all for some reason. Okay, I'm glad you're telling me that. Well, in that case, let me look at all my buttons because things weren't. Let's see. I'm using AT&T, but I'm not using that phone. Let's see. Uh, if you don't mind, let's see. Uh, I'm going to try to try to call in on the new phone, see if that helps. I don't know what's going on with two uh, tracks, but they're competing with each other, I think. Okay. Right okay. Please hold and you'll be able to listen to the show. All right. So this is folks' technical. Let me put this one. So anyway, you know, we thank you for joining us today. We're having some minor technical difficulties. Sound-wise, not sure exactly what's causing it could be due to the storm Claudette that's going through a great many states presently, dumping a lot of rain and so forth. Can you hear me now, Richard? No, you're still sounding very, very, very distant. Well, uh, don't know what to do. Uh, Richard, why don't you talk for a minute? I've got two phones. And the, uh, I wonder if it's the system today. Er, I'd have to drop that and call back in. But if you'll talk for a minute, I'll try not to lose you while I try some other phones. I'll just have to come back in, Richard. And But tell them how we've done the uh, church this year and joined uh, and asked other people to join with us to create a good synergy of people that believe similar to us and the direction we're taking, if you don't mind. And I'll come back and we'll talk about the higher levels, leveling up with dimensions and realms, but how we are sharing. You hear me on two phones, don't you? Let me see. Does that help? Did that help at all? Oh, now I can't hear you at all. Interesting. Didn't help me any. Huh. 
Weird. Okay. Can you hear me now? Anyway, um, we formulated the uh, Ascension Church Ohana back in February 22nd, and actually the idea was produced back in November of 2020. But TJ or Teresa and I got together on the 22nd of February and announced to the world via the radio that basically we were forming this non-for-profit church. And it's a church unlike any other in the fact being that there is no discrimination. Uh, it is founded on unconditional love and accepts everyone regardless of what their path or walk in life might be, regardless of what your headspace is, regardless of what your tradition is, regardless of what your beliefs may be. Uh, we greet you all with unconditional love, with no judgment whatsoever. And we throw the doors wide open to all, and we are hoping that in turn we will produce a synergistic group of like-minded people that basically look upon things as deriving from one source of all, regardless of what name it may be called, or what uh, faith or tradition may be had. Um, and this source of all produces lo unconditional love, and this unconditional love sustains us all. And therefore, from that, uh, we all take a stance that, you know, we are all brothers and sisters, being of one race of mankind, and then in turn that we are not alone on the planet, that, it, that in turn there are also other intelligent beings from other planets, other galaxies, other universes and so forth that oftentimes join us in various forms uh, sim simply because in actuality our core being are multidimensional beings of light and consciousness. So our physical beings are what you would say is the expressions that we have through our spiritual selves and we express that through our human selves. And our human selves are more or less um, here to have the experience in the 3D realm, which, of course, is, is dualistic in nature and so on and so forth. Um, so we invite everyone to join us, uh, whether you have uh, esoteric training, whether you be of a paranormal foundation, whether you be a ufologist, whether you be uh, whatever denomination of Christianity you happen to practice, or whether you're a Buddhist, or whether you're uh, Indian Hindu, or any of the other hundreds of faiths that I can sit here and name, but basically we welcome you all with open arms simply because our tradition is love and love alone. A full acceptance without judgment, without any kind of uh, hidden agenda, without any kind of uh, preconceived idea of what the one path is, uh, simply because we all stem from the same source, and therefore because of that, we are all brothers and sisters in faith, we are all brothers and sisters in life. And that's what uh, the Ascension Church Ohana is all about. Uh, the uh, word Ohana, of course, is uh, Hawaiian for family. And basically, uh, we use that word to, to produce, you know, a, a, on a, an authentic view on things. Uh, the word Ascension, of course, is also one of uh, transcending the normal or, you know, having a rising in a perspective uh, from the the onlook of the whole of creation. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I also hear something else in the background. That was odd. <laughs> okay. Um, so this phone, this apparently, whoever likes to keep up with what we do here in cyberspace, allow me to use certain equipment and 
it has to be matched up, which I don't really understand, folks, because it's above my pay grade, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you're doing your work to divine revelation, you get it direct. So that's the best way is to go up to source. And now people, because of the cyberspace community, are gravitating towards uh, getting information themselves through uh, each other on the planet. We assume that we are all uh, connected in, as Richard said, uh, it's an ascension process of leveling up, and it's like the game of life, and we are all archetypes, and we talk about these meat suits, these skin suits, as you may hear on television, uh, above and below, and angels and demons, and all of that out of the Bible, but, uh, you know, all of the old terms and the new terms, we're doing our best to come together, and we're using today's community in cyberspace among others with uh, what is offered that we can, it used to be telephones now it's cell phones so uh, the best way we can use this from all the years I've been here going on nine years was to use the communication and it's been bought and purchased and bought and purchased in the last few years and uh, it's got some new owners and I don't know if that's good or bad but it seems to be uh, if other people aren't complaining, maybe it's just my equipment, but I got new equipment to work through iHeart and Spreaker and Stitcher and uh, Vox Nest, and they're hosting this, and through Blog Talk Radio, BTR, which has been around at least since 96, I believe, that Mr. Levy started this. And uh, when I talk to them, each company says that, yes, we may be owned by iHeart now, which owns Spreaker and Blog Talk Radio, but we're all the same. We're all uh, separate entities. In other words, the money or the owner may be the same, but they're all using, I guess, the same brands and the same equipment with their own same following or people or customers. So that's the same thing Richard and I are doing our best here to file for not us, but source with a big G. It will call God. And, you know, I'd like to relate to people that, those of us that have come here in human form had parents, at least in the old way of saying we have souls. Now, I was tasked with coming during the Ascension Age, which is now on the planet, and we call this the year 2021 because we had to allow for other dimensions and realms to be uh, shared, or at least in what we call empirical data, in uh, maybe a looser uh, I, I, they call it illusory, but uh, illusions and uh, in metrics and polymath are ways of everybody can learn from direct source as maybe you'd say the one that became the infinity or the all that is that goes on forever. But uh, here we're talking on a linear basis today, and we have to show up on a certain time at a certain day in order to even communicate with each other. Richard, is this, this is the 9100 number, and I'm using AT&T direct line for the computer. Now, does that work? I'm calling in like with Mediacom and then consumer cellular phone. The one I was yeah, talking you, on, is that better? You sound, uh, yeah, you sound very uh, upfront now, whereas previously the, the sound was very garbled and very distant at best. 
that's probably because I don't I have the internet connected on AT and T, but I'm talking I have the computer, a laptop connected to the direct line. But if it's I don't know, it could be the weather. It was like you mentioned, Caroline came through and it was really really uh, well, very wet, and I had uh, the trees bending. Even though you told me it was only 35 miles an hour down here. Gulf breeze, but uh, when it came through, it hit my house pretty hard, and little pieces of ice were hitting the window. Of course, they melted relatively soon thereafter, but they were a little different from the rain. And I don't know, you know these lines that I have are cable underneath the ground. Uh, so uh, now the cell phone apparently goes to the tower, and uh, so I'm calling in on a cell phone with a tower, and folks were told. That is the best way, at least, to use blog talk information is to call in directly if you'd like to participate or add something on today's show. But we'll get to uh, how we're doing our philosophies. And uh, I know many of you in 2018 may have turned into uh, different revelations that were going to happen in the future. And I've noticed that as a precog and a past lifer, Richard and I were brought together through uh, interlinking in the intermodal or internet system with social media. And he and I found each other on LinkedIn apparently at one time or another, which neither of us can really remember. So we don't know if we click the button or somebody invited us. But if you'll notice in your business to business, uh, in your day to day operation on the internet, LinkedIn, I believe, is owned by Microsoft and it's offered to people that want to work among themselves business to business. And Richard and I are individuals and had our own business, but we lean towards spirituality and paranormal realm. And these topics, if you'll go on your Facebook, which was, uh, you know, not been around that long, but long enough now, uh, you'll find that many people strictly talk to each other through the Facebook and many companies are small business owners, one-on-one or individuals. They always ask me to go there to speak. But I found that in the church are that which we're doing our best to bring people together that of a spiritual nature that want to learn metaphysics and uh, how the magic and the miracles really happen through the ancient mysteries and the new thought teachings that, uh, this is the ninth year I'm going to do my best. I thought I was getting better equipment, but it seems to be there's always something technical. I don't know if everybody has that, so I apologize. But uh, separating the uh, unity seems to be a big plan here uh, by many, many people in many, many languages. So the planes and source of that energy could be what. At one time in philosophy, we knew it was uh, in the beginning of time when humans were not as intelligent and did need to level up. And uh, Richard and I are well known in the UFO paranormal world on other stations to have been on their talk shows or been on their panels to talk about throughout the years things that happened to us and our own personal experiences. And then uh, we built a group uh, with different people that have their own shows now, and they seem to do better in paranormal. But spirituality is uh, where many people for psychic readings or healings are speaking, and even those aren't here 
uh, in the spirituality right now. But for Richard and I, blending this energy together, many of you have been called to for the billions of years that we could see the light and the dark or the matter. Or they say matter, dark matter, antimatter. And in other words, it's either matter or it's antimatter. Either it matters or it doesn't when you speak it. <laughs> so let's hope what Richard and I do together uh, here in the southern part of the United States becomes uh, accepted in the 21st century uh, among our children. And I've had a lot of people ask me to teach them, but strictly about our psychic work and that which is going really it's divine revelation how you perceive yourself as a prophet how you recognize yourself with a miracle business or that we say jesus is in the miracle business of the divine creation of the whole or the god or the monad or whatever uh words you want to use so richard you say it much better than i do but uh, if you think for now this is okay, we'll stick, keep going uh, with what equipment I'm using now. But Richard, how can we speak to those that it's like preaching to the choir, those that listen? Many of them already have their own shows. I'm learning that many have uh, for years have tuned into this show to do what they could learn or see what cutting edge information we have on the universal whole. And some of them are scientists, engineers, astronauts. Uh, we have Ken, which was a bona fide pilot and uh, on the ground, boots on the ground astronaut for training. But, uh, you know, it's hard to know who they were talking to out there. But there is an empirical belief system in science, so we call this spiritual science. But I put here today that uh, we're not about separation but using a common cause to unify, unify our ascension and to follow the ascended masters of the many world philosophies and religions, including science as an empirical belief system of the 39.8 billion years we say we can see and know about in this time frame on Earth. And uh, excuse me, folks, if I have typos, I just found one on frame, it'd be frame. But uh, Richard, I... I know that it's hard for you on a daily basis. It must be hard on everybody, especially those that have had a frailment or disability to their human form. But what is it about your soul, Richard, that you can use a testimony of that makes you unique? Because each person has their own experiences and their own story in this game of life. And my mother told me we are all the authors of our own life story. So let's talk about the miracle business because that's the part that is the mystery. Some have more things that happen than others, and that's uh, rest in peace. Uh, the gentleman that put me on UFO Digest put me on the map and the Internet as I uh, was in Canada and talked much more about those of the UFO business or those things that we apparently don't really think they're of Earth origin. So let's talk about those things that aren't of Earth origin today with the experiences that we've had. And are they from other planes? Are they from other dimensions, worlds, galaxies, and universes? Many people say they are. They just are 
embedded or infiltrated or overlaid uh, in a different vibe or level or wave in this game of life. Some people feel them and read them as good vibrations. They're like they have to level up in the fifth dimension, sixth, seventh, eighth. But as you grow, like in the chakra system of the colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and we use those chakra systems of our energy or circles in our energy as we excel and grow from not just in our genitals, our sexual cravings, uh, we learn to have our body and mind, our brain obey us versus giving in to the system that is automatically set up or runs autonomously. But there's also cravings. And I've always wondered about these habits. I've been fortunate enough not to have those cravings. But I'm really dealing with a lot of people in my family with smoking and vaping and uh, alcohol intake. But, you know, people have to learn to control all that. So can you give all of us an example of the miracles that you've experienced and how it's changed your lifestyle maybe? Start with, you know, because you said a lot about who you were. So it's a pretty – I'll give you a pretty broad canvas there to paint on that <laughs> people are probably going oh god but you know we're like you said i'm agreeing with you we're souls inside these avatars but how better can we learn to serve our soul than our cravings while we're in this body you know because we're all human and i have uh i'm not perfect i have problems like everybody else, and I don't want people to think we're trying to lead them down this uh, rosy path uh, when they know that we have suffering involved at this reality. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to let you talk a few minutes. Whatever I might have said, did you latch on to anything I said? <laughs> anything well, yeah, said? I mean, you know, in the, in the area of miracles, of course, it's a miracle that I'm here speaking to you now. I mean, you know, uh, forces that were at my infancy or whatever would have destroyed me had it not been for uh, an external being basically rescuing me from the ocean and putting me back in my mother's arms. That was a miracle in and of itself. And then there's been a couple of, uh, quite a few dashes with death's door, you could say. I mean, uh, like yourself, I have died and come back, and that was a miracle in and of itself because it's that at 14 completely transcended and changed my outlook and my experience from that moment in life forward. Why, you might say, because uh, I left this earth. In other words, this body, uh, I left it behind completely. I was legally de declared dead for 33 minutes. And when I left this body, uh, I could tell you everything that went on surgically and everything else before I died. And then, of course, I went up through the roof and out into the night sky, and I went through the tunnel, which many have experienced, which is of multicolors. And when I got to the other end of it, there I expected to see, or what I expected to see as a 14-year-old that I had in my belief system up until that point, such as angels. I was greeted by a couple of angels. And then in turn, you know, I, would, I was introduced and saw what I perceived to be the figurehead or God, uh, a very wise-looking old man who showed me the book of life and showed me my life up until that point in time. And he looked down and he said, well, you know, there's lots of things you have yet to accomplish, which you have not done yet, so you have to come back. 
Now, of course, the peace, the love, the harmony, the joy, the bliss, there aren't even words to describe it that I felt at the time as all of this is happening uh, was so immense and so uplifting that there was no way that I wanted to come back. But I was more or less uh, I, impressed upon, you could say, and here, you know, I had to return. And when I returned, of course, uh, I found that uh, my body was on a gurney and it was uh, at the against a wall in the surgery room and that a nurse was putting the tag on my big toe. And, of course, when I sat up, after coming into a body of immense pain, um, she screamed, hollered, and passed out. Now, fortunately for me, there was another nurse in the room, and she pushed me back down because I hadn't been surgically closed, so my insights were, insights were beginning to pour out. But I had lots and lots of validations that all of this occurred because I could describe them to them in, in total key in exactness as to what exactly had been removed from me, which was uh, a ganglion growth about the size of a walnut or thereabouts, and it had six different tentacles, all of which were different lengths. And if the surgery hadn't been performed at the time that it was performed, I probably would have died a couple days later anyway, because the longest tentacle was only millimeters away from my heart. Uh, now, of course, I went into the medical history books because I, this was diagnosed as Christmas tree mesentery. In other words, evidently when I was a, a tyke or whatever, uh, I had ingested either a pine seed or a pine needle, and instead of going out the way it was supposed to go out, it attached to the mesentery wall and began to feed off of all the nutrients that your body expels in excess or has no use for or whatever. So basically you could say in a manner of speaking, I had a tree growing up inside of me. So I went into the medical books that way. Um, I, this whole perception in regards to reality as it is uh, was presented to me in regards to the entirety of the remainder of my life for the next week that I was physically alive. Of course, I was able to describe to them, you know, this growth that had been taken from me, and of course I demanded to see it, and after quite a bit of yammer and an incessant chat and so forth, they eventually brought it to me, and that was validation that what I, would, what I had experienced while I was out of the body, looking down on my physical body and seeing what was going on, that was a validation that in fact it had occurred. So then another validation came along much later. But during that first week, I knew everything that would, I would pursue and everything that would, you know, every experience that I would have for the remainder of my life including up until what, you know, Sylvia Brown and others have called exit points, which exit points evidently are places where we actually physically die, but our spirit or soul actually determines whether in fact we're going to come back or whether in fact we're going to leave in total, in which case when we leave in total, of course, we transit on to the seventh dimension, which is why we cannot see the other side and we most people do not hear or see spirits because they usually radiate on the seventh dimension and they have to slow themselves down or provide a source of energy so that in turn they can actually manifest to some extent and actually react to us or interact with us on, a, on the physical plane since they are no longer here. Anyway, at the, uh, on the Friday of that week, all of that information was removed from me and it was removed, and I was told, very frankly, that it was removed because what would be the point of leading a life if you knew all of the outcomes before they occurred? And that's a very valid point. Anyway, I also learned that that I could heal, I could see things. I was uh, my psychic senses were 
uh, improved upon, you could say, and this kind of thing. And then in turn, the later validation came when uh, my st- I asked my stepdad, well, you know, what, how much of the bills came from the hospital since I'd spent three weeks in the hospital? And, of course, there had been a surgery. And, of course, there were doctor's charges and anesthesiologist charges and, and all of these different, you know, specialist charges and so forth. And miraculously, the only bill he ever received was the bill for the ambulance that had taken me from the house where we lived actually to the hospital. So this, again, was validation that, in fact, I had died and the hospital did not want to inform my parents, both of which are passed now to the other side, that this had actually occurred. So as a result, uh, the surgeon who had actually did the, performed the surgery, he actually was German of descent and actually was over here because he was a surgical doctor, and he folded up his practice and went back to Germany. I guess he was afraid that, you know, he might encounter some kind of uh, lawsuit or something for, uh, you know, my death at the time at his hands, basically speaking, even though it was by no, no means his fault because naturally I believe wholeheartedly that God or the divine source or the source of all makes a decision as to whether or not we leave this planet entirely or not. I, don't, I, I know for a certainty it is not a decision that we ourselves are posed upon or, or, or led to or whatever, that in fact when we have finished whatever it is we are here to do, whether it be to learn lessons and increase our knowledge and awareness, to increase our spirituality, to increase our level or dimension, as it's said, um, since dimensions are nothing but vibration and frequency, uh, once we start increasing our vibration and our frequency, then in turn we begin to leave the third dimension, or rather we participate in the third dimension far less than most people would. Okay, I'll put it that way. Because naturally we transit into other dimensions while we're dreaming in the dream state. We can transit at times through meditation. We can transit at times through channeling. We can transit at times through mediumship. We can transit at times through teleportation. And, of course, we can transit at times by actually having real-to-life experiences meeting uh, what you would have to classify as individuals that have intellects far beyond ours and obviously are originating on some other planet in some other dimension in some other galaxy, etc. Now, uh, as far as ufology is concerned, uh, I've had a few brief encounters. I did, in fact, uh, meet a group of people that claimed that they were uh, rallying into uh, this clearing that had been made in the woods and that they were listening to tapes and watching videos and so forth of these individuals who had actually come down and landed in a spacecraft and that in turn they had left all these various teachings and so forth um, with this group of individuals. And in the interim, of course, the spacecraft went over to New York which so it, it left from the east coast, excuse me, it left the west coast in the Santa Cruz Mountains and went over to New York. And exactly where it landed in New York, if it ever landed, is very debatable. But these two given extraterrestrials basically showed themselves before the press in an audience of a hundred or more in a hotel in a hotel conference room. And they proved that they were extraterrestrial because they showed to the audience that they could walk through physical walls and that in turn uh, they were not harmed by having done so. 
And then they also proved several times that they could disappear from the room that they were in into another room where other people with cameras were videotaping and so forth. Um, and then in turn, you know, uh, they just completely disappeared. They completely vanished in front of, in front of the people with the cameras and, and in front of the audience and the whole nine yards. So they gave actual physical proof that they were extraterrestrial or at least had some kind of scientific method or some kind of extraterrestrial means, uh, sort of like Star Trek, you know, beam me up Scotty, I guess, in a manner of speaking, only they just vanished. Uh, there was no, you know, there was no uh, reduction to uh, energetic form. Rather, they just completely vanished. And the presumption was, of course, that they returned to their ships. So that was my first encounter. The second encounter basically involved a given individual who met at a theater, and the theater sat about 500 people. And again, this was in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Now, the interesting thing is, you know, we go through life, and we have the odd necessity of being in the right place at the right time to have all these very bizarre and very strange encounters and you could say it's miraculous that we even found ourselves there because uh, just by chance I happened to see a flyer that was stapled to a telephone pole announcing that this conference and this presentation was being given. And this gentleman, I swear, you know, he was not himself. It was as though his mental self and his physical self were being completely controlled by an outside source. And he went on stage and gave a presentation, and the presentation that he gave addressed uh, a race that is not from here and said that, you know, they were here, they had come in peace, and that they intended to, uh, you know, aid mankind in all kinds of different ways and all of this. And the thing of, thing of it was, though, when you posed questions to the man, the man, it was like he could not hear your questions, so he could not respond to your questions. And this went on for roughly about a three-hour presentation, and then the man just walked out and, and basically disappeared. I mean, he got into a limousine and was never heard from again. So, you know, you have these kind of occurrences go on. And then, of course, there was one more occurrence where I actually saw a UFO, uh, an unidentified flying spacecraft or uh, object, per se, that was hovering about 300 feet in the air, roughly above the tree line, again, in Santa Cruz Mountains. And I stopped uh, along the windy road into one of the small delicatessens that are thereabouts. And I'd gone in and gotten a sandwich and something to drink, and I'd come out to my car. And, of course, it was a warm day, so I put on my, uh, turned on the car and was listening to the radio and enjoying the AC. And I was eating my sandwich, when, and when this craft appeared, all of a sudden the car went dead. So, you know, I'm kind of tripping out, and I'm saying, okay, all right, so are you trying to contact me in some way, and it's like uh, I got the impression that, you know, they were there to say hello, that they were there to validate that, yes, there is, there may well be hundreds of other species that come back and forth to Earth quite constantly. Now, of course, uh, historically speaking, we've had incidences where, you know, there were cows cut open and uh, pigs cut open and all this kind of thing and organs removed in the most weird manner because the carcass was just left in the open field and so forth. And I would tend to believe, you know, that perhaps the, they were taken specimens of, of our life forms that were here on the earth. Fortunately, as far as I know, at least to my knowledge, they've never dissected a human being per se. 
Um, but uh, I, I did, of course, have an, a direct encounter when I was five years old, and that's when I was basically taken aboard a ship, and basically a tracking device was put in my nasal cavity, and then I was returned to Earth. I lost several hours during this process, and the tracking device was supposed to be removed when I was 17. However, unfortunately, I got I was at the party, and I got sucker punched in the nose. It broke my nose, and so they didn't follow up with the removal, and I actually pursued the removal 18 years later at the age of 35. So I have had all kinds of encounters with all kinds of different entities, with all kinds of different energetic forms. Some have been light. Some have been dark. And when I say dark, um, you get the feeling in the pit of your stomach that something just is not right, that something is just evil, that something is just, you know, it's just, it's just up to no good, period, uh, period you know. Now, whether it's demonic or not, again, that would depend on the, the situation and whether, in fact, they are actually posing a physical threat. If they're posing a physical threat and reaching out to harm people, then, yes, I would say that possibly they're demonic. However, if they're not reaching out to harm, if in turn they're reaching out to aid others and so forth, and they have auric, auric fields of tremendous light and so forth, then you could classify them as either angels or possibly even extraterrestrials. And I have had encounters with a great many over time. And so that's why my expanded awareness is such that, you know, yes, I am very much aware of spirits. I am very much aware of entities. I am very much aware of beings that are not of the same origin as ourselves as far as their physical nature is concerned. Um, now, of course, you know, as we plot along our path of life, all of these different experiences give you great in-depth thinking because you're wondering, well, did this really happen? And then, of course, sometimes you get validation through other people that also witnessed it. Other times you get validation through other people that have had very, very similar experiences and all of this kind of thing. And it's, it's all very interesting, to say the least, and I do believe that we are propelled forward in our drive to basically reascend or re-become more or less the spiritual entities that we truly are and in full recognition of that and I guess the best simile that I could give of what you would call someone with an ascended master that is walking the earth Christ would be a very good example simply because he was easily able to create miraculous healings and even raise the dead and all of these kind of things but I'm sure that there are others uh, in all kinds of different traditions that have done similar or even the same. So I'm not putting Christ alone on a pedestal and saying that Christ alone is the way, because, again, we are non-denominational. We accept all faiths and traditions as being valid simply because they are your given individual path. And it is not for us to sit in judgment of, as to what is right and wrong for you, other than to say only that which is allowable by law. So in other words, no, we're not criminals. We're not going to scam anybody. We're not looking to, to proffer all kinds of craziness. You know, we're not into subliminal programming or brainwashing or anything like that. Um, rather, we are observers, and in our life paths, we have observed a great many incidences that have made us tremendously open and very much aware that there's a whole lot more going on than what appears merely on the surface. Back to you, TJ.
Okay. I'm going to read you something that talks about someone speaking of, and I don't know at what point I should start, but this is something that many of you already know. I could go deeper into this, but I'm going to talk about when Jesus had six days. Uh, it was a time where we it's been rewritten, and the words usually must have know that words and rest usually in the You're fading James. away. The King James Version has stories, and this one I find easy to understand about Jesus. He took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and he brought them into a high mountain apart, okay? And it was transfigured before them. So Jesus is saying here that Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John. Can you hear me now, Richard? Okay. Yes. Yes, I hear clearly. Okay. And Jesus was transfigured before him, before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment, which is his clothes, was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Uh, If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. While he yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples, that's Peter, James, and John, heard this, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. I don't know how many of you out there, if you saw a big cloud come over you and a big voice speak, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. I imagine you'd fall down on the ground too. I know I probably would, but that might just be standing still, frozen, and awestruck. Because we have fight, flight, or freeze, we understand. But that's not here. That was just a comment I was making. But anyway, so back to the scripture. It's And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, arise and be afraid, or arise and be not afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples against him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? Because they know what they had saw, right? Do you understand what I'm saying here, Richard? It's pretty heavy, isn't it? That he said, Don't tell him again till he comes later, because Jesus said, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things, but I say unto you that Elias is come already, and they know him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer of them. So basically, people thought Elias was John the Baptist, and they had killed him, and they were going to do the same thing to Jesus. So 
that's the story in the Bible, and uh, you can read that in the New Testament under Matthew, and there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we usually take that with the word of Jesus because there's a very real few scriptures talking about him talking. But that's – Richard, have you read that before? Yeah. You know, people always refer to Ezekiel, but that Jesus came in a cloud. So I guess you could say maybe there was – God in a cloud uh, because it was written in the Bible, and there are people that believe every word written here was inspired by God or the original creator himself. Now, whether you or others believe that, Richard, I don't know, but I just know that when I came to this planet and I grew up in the church, they used this book with particular words written, and I do know because I've studied a lot of world religions, a lot of other books, that not all the best words are chosen, but this, folks, is the best I can do to tell you through my spirit because I'm reading a language I was brought to believe uh, in American English in its chosen business. But I'm reading this from the Holy Bible, Old and New Testaments, authorized King James Version, translated out of the original tongues and were previous translations diligently compared and revised. So this is the self-pronouncing words of Christ in red with read-along references and translations. Now, this particular Bible that I have, we've got quite a few around here because we were brought up to believe in reading the Bible, uh, and not religiously, I guess, but yes, religiously, (laughs) because we were Christians. So this is instilled in many of us. That the Lord thy God, that there is the Lord, and he maketh all things, even the plagues wonderful, and the plagues of the sea, and every great plague, and long continuous sore sickness, and long continuous. Where he, it's amazing is the things of Egypt that we were afraid of back then in those days. Some of us have past lives and remember those days or have walked with others or been with others with past lives. And there were many many pyramids all over the world not just in Egypt but those were the ones I think that were first unearthed or could not be earthed and many are still to be uh, shown and I learned a lot of things from people and when I'd come back and study some of the words were hard to understand especially as a child they sounded foreign especially with these thou thines heretofore uh, behold and all these words but so some people, Richard, like the uh, translation in uh, the new way that they have different books, you know, and study in America. But for the people, I don't – the, the point Richard was making is there are beings – and I get what he's saying because I've seen them too. And whether I've died and come back many times, uh, more than I want to count, but there was no pain uh, dying. It was – the pain and suffering coming back in this reality, in this dimension, in this body. And uh, these words were very comforting to people throughout the world, but there's so many things we couldn't meet. Apparently, the original creator, or some people believe those from the heavens came that were strictly uh, gods like the Anunnaki, or the sky people, the Ans, were one of the first creator group of gods. They're the El gods, and a lot of them believe they were very vindictive gods. And so when they start off the book of Genesis, 
they talk about in our image create we them and they didn't want to give us all the intelligence and when they saw many of us building the tower to heaven to get back to heaven they thought we were a bunch of idiots but they also said we don't want them doing that and we're going to mix them up so in many of the Christian stories the tower of Babel is used as archetype for separating people and having them not be able to speak whether that was a program or a plan of the gods that possibly worked for the one and only G God we don't know but it sounds like Jesus to me and Richard I'd like to hear your input on this was the son of God or the God that we believe is Christians there's only one God but you know this was Peter now right before that he sees and takes Peter up he was talking to Simon Peter and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God that's what Peter thought because in Matthew the uh, few uh, what we call folks uh, there's pages and there's there's uh, books I guess you say books first and then there's uh, chapters and verses and these verses they usually will quote and they quote them out of context a lot which I'm doing I'm not telling you the whole story as it reads in the Bible but this is uh, where people say now it doesn't say a church but listen to this it doesn't say the Catholic Church but this is where this comes from it says uh, they said this is right before I talk about him meet, uh Peter getting to meet or hear God direct to his son well he was talking to Peter on the mount and from the cloud saying this is my son of whom I'm well pleased right listen to him but here's how it goes the sons uh, they said let's see when Jesus came into the coast of oh gosh Caesarea like Caesar Philippi uh, it's hard for me to read it because it's got hyphen dashes Caesarea Philippi, and interesting, Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So he's asking these people, okay? So, and they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, uh, as are one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, this is Jesus speaking, but whom say ye that I am? Okay, that's like me asking Richard, who, who do you say I am, Richard? But Jesus is saying, but whom, of course, he was saying it in a different language, but this is American, so. <laughs> but whom say ye that I am, uh, American English, so. And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. If I'm, forgive me if I don't say that right. It, J could be pronounced H. I don't know, but it's B-A-R-J-O-N-A. So, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, or against it. 
And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So then charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. For at that time forth became Jesus to show unto his disciples, how he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things, the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and be raised upon the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, thou shalt not be unto thee. But he turned and said to Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take upon the cross and follow me. For whatsoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the man, for the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death, till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, bringing them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Now here it comes again. This is the second time I'm sharing this today. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses, and Elias talking with him. They answered Peter and said to Jesus, Lord, uh, it is good for us to be here, but uh, if thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one to thee, one to Moses, and one to Elias. And when he spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the disciples heard that, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them. Arise and not be afraid. And they lifted up their eyes and they saw no man, save Jesus only. So they came down from the mountain. Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead. Now, folks, if you believe in words and stories of your elders and those that kept the Bible or put it together or kept these words, you're hearing about a man named Jesus. He's talking about angels and Satan, and there's even more around here about casting out demons out of little kids. But this vision, there were people they saw that appeared, Moses and Elias. Well, where did they go? They came down because remember now, he, Jesus, according to these scriptures in this particular book, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, took them up on the mountain, 
He became transfigured. Now, this says he's transfigured before, so go figure. But he transfigured, and his face did shine as the sun, and raiment white as light. Whoosh, right? So a big light hits him. Something happens to him. He he transforms. And then all of a sudden, it says, appeared Moses and Elias talking with him. So he must have had to have some kind of ascension process or or purification process of his soul and spirit standing there because he's fixing to talk to Moses and Elias, which where did they come from, right? These guys are already dead, supposedly, or allegedly, or gone from the past in a past life before Jesus got here, okay? You, you understand the story here. If you don't, I'm telling it to you. So, yeah, these guys, Moses and Elias, were in Jesus' past or on walking on earth, but they had left the earth. Now, Peter and, you know, James and John, lo, you know, they're seeing all this, and they take to the ground and lay down. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, they're watching this happen. And then this cloud and this big voice, and this is my beloved son. So who would you think it was? Uh, Jesus just, he didn't say, hey, that's my father, dude, you know. Uh, not to be disrespectful, but he, you know, Jesus said, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased. So hear, hear, hear what he's got to say. Hear you am. So they fell on their faces, and Jesus came and touched them and said, arise, don't be afraid. Now, he says, Jesus says, now that, that was a vision, so there you go. There's another word that, you know, Richard's telling his visions or what he appeared to him. And the Son of Man is risen from the dead. So Jesus does, according to this story, rise from the dead. Most of you may know it. And we celebrate in the Christian world Easter, 40 days, 40 nights, before he came back and goes again. But Jesus, uh, Richard, you want, we're talking about some of the same things that happened back then. Maybe not with the man that it happened to or the Son of God, but those things still happen. And it's similar, isn't it? There's no cloud that happened over you to say, this is the, my son here, but you know people came. You just described some as, were they angels? Were they extraterrestrials? We don't really know, do we? Because they're just words to describe what right. happened. Well, I would, I would take that Go on ahead. the face of it, you know, that uh, Christ basically uh, became Christ. In other words, when he transfigured, he showed unto James and John and Peter his actual form, his spirit, his soul, per se. And, of course, uh, the voice of God booms out from the cloud saying, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. In other words, yeah, this is yeah. the, actual, the actual being that I created and not the human that you have been dealing with and following with and interacting with up until this point. Rather, now you perceive the grandeur of the spirit that is my son that you have that you identify with as Jesus that is in the human body so they were shown Christ in his original form and not purely in his body per se so you I could agree. say that yeah the, uh, the, they watched Christ ascend from being purely a human being to suddenly being uh, an ascended being who had, uh, you know, a body of light that emanated, and it made them fearful because they had not witnessed any any such thing before. And then, of course, to hear this voice out the clouds, well, you, 
If that were to happen to someone here and now in today's time, I'm sure that they too would either be frightened, struck with awe, uh, you know, not know what to do, uh, because that would be a phenomenon. That, that would be something that would, uh, you know, that you're not accustomed to, that you're not, you know, it's it's not an everyday thing. It's not something that's talked about in the news. It's not something that everybody's talking about. Well, did you see so-and-so the other day? Because I was out and about, and, you know, this cloud came over me, and all of a sudden this voice spoke down. No, that's not happening. Instead, I do believe that as time has transpired, uh, and I don't want mean to be disrespectful to anyone or anyone anyone's beliefs for that matter. But again, as a theologian, this is just my take or my concept or my perception of it. Uh, the fact being that you know Christ came to basically show unto us the ways of love, and that those were the lessons we were to learn, and that if we fully accepted those lessons, that in turn we we brought Christ into the into the heart of our spirit, and therefore were joined in a conscious manner with the essence of Christ. So you could say that our consciousness was elevated to join that of Christ's consciousness because obviously this is not something we experience day to day because if we did, we would be, we would be producing miracles at you know, every twist and turn in our lives. Rather, this is a consciousness that we reach when we are quiet and in a meditative state and reach upwards and outwards towards Christ as a being or a consciousness, per se, of light. Um, and that, in turn, this, this becomes active in your heart. Uh, you become saved not so much from the world itself, rather saved from the aspect being that you have been awakened Okay, and this could be another spin that you could put on this. You could say that John, James, and Peter were awakened at the time because Christ brought forward the spirits of Moses and Elias and showed and and they spoke unto him. And again, this was a confirmation unto the disciples in that he was not dead, nor could there be death. That in fact, our spirits are eternal. So our spirits are what God, the spark of God that dwells within us, you could say, whereas the physical self, of course, the physical self is born, it matures, and eventually it dies, unless, of course, you know, God intervenes and says, no, just like Ezekiel, you'll just walk into the clouds, okay? But, I mean, you know, I, again, I have no conception of this going on. Although, if you were to put it back into the terms of ufology and extraterrestrials, you could say that Christ showed himself as the true divine being that he was, which is a person or a spirit from an entirely different and much higher dimension than ours. And therefore, you know, the, the, the voice from the clouds could easily have been uh, a spacecraft that was booming out, you know speaking from the clouds, and then in turn, you know, uh, to say that, you know, there will be many that, that I mean, the, the one phrase that Christ spoke is, and I quote it quite often because I love it very much, there shall be those that come after me that shall do even greater things than I, and I think the whole lesson that is being spoken outwardly in this particular phrase is that you are all my brothers and sisters, and you may do as I have done 
but you must become as I am. In other words, uh, in our spiritual essence, yes, we are fully capable of doing what he did or he demonstrated as he was a human being here on earth. But we have this capability of spirits, and therefore we would have to bring our spirits and our spiritual consciousness fully incarnate in our physical selves in order to accomplish the same things that Christ was demonstrating at that time. Now, of course, it's, it's very interesting. You also quoted that Peter would be the rock, and then in turn Christ admonishes him because Peter has said in so many words that, you know, uh, he is in tune and in harmony with the material world. And Christ, in a manner of speaking, is rebuking him and saying, no, I know you not, because my world is not material. My world is spiritual. My world is the essence of Father God or the creator of us all that has created us all and shall continue to create us all. And so, but it's mighty funny because, yes, Peter was supposed to be the rock upon which the church was built. Now, of course, the church in Latin actually means fellowship or family. Um, and so it's a body or group of people. It is not actually a building. And, of course, the papacy in Rome goes back identifying the popes as being descendants from Peter all the way back to almost to Peter himself. I don't, I don't know whether historically they can make the leap strong enough to say that, yes, this one descended from Peter and this one descended from that one and this one and so on and so forth. But that is the tradition. So basically, you know, the, the Pope in Rome is supposed to be the reincarnation of Peter, the disciple, upon which the rock of the church was formed. Now, of course, I'm not going to point fingers or show, show fault or find fallacy with any, any particular religion because, again, it's not my place to judge. You know, uh, Catholic means universal. So therefore, the, the Catholic Church is the universal family. And that's what was really the intent to begin with and not necessarily all that has developed down through history. Um, well, we can talk so. about that. It goes on talk about the master who we pay tribute to because of money. Uh, they received tribute. Money came to Peter. So uh, Jesus, all this is mostly read after the cloud and came down and they talked. Uh, the son of men separates his uh, and Jesus, let's see, and his disciples asked, saying, this is, they just come down off the mountain, okay, they're in pretty strange land, okay, so, uh, and they came down in the mountain, Jesus charged, saying, tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen again from the dead, so he's showing them who he is up on the mountain, his father, remember before he had asked who, he was setting them up, uh, the pre-show of him leaving earth because he had asked Simon, who do they say I am? Remember Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed unto them, but unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon the rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So that lets you know, if you believe if anything ever in this book, that there is a hell, and their gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt buy. Now remember, we already said all that. But Jesus came and touched them when they came down, told them, don't be afraid. 
Okay, now we're going to go back to after as he was up there on the mountain. He's shown that his raiment was white, pure light, and, and his face like the sun. So they saw Jesus, but they appeared, Moses and Elias, talking with him. So um, I would imagine both Elias and Moses were standing there in the light like him. It doesn't say that, not in this particular King James Version, but this a lot's been knocked and messed up and moved around. But if you believe these are the words that we're supposed to adhere to, or at least give us an idea of who we are on this planet. So after you know they came down and they saw the scribes, Elias must first come because his dive ask him saying why then say the scribes now these are the people they've been reading like i'm reading out of here so whoever the scribes are the people that wrote all this up okay so and people couldn't read and write back in the day so they had to have these people talk to them but jesus answered and said because uh, this is what jesus charged them saying tell the vision to no man until the son of man be risen again from the dead so his disciples asked him. So these are the disciples that Peter, James, and John, he called the disciples. So uh, when they say the scribes that Elias must first come, Jesus said, tell them, well, why do they say Elias has to come back, so to speak? You know, and Elias is truly, this is in Jesus read, the, Jesus saying this. Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias has come already. Whoa. <laughs> Did y'all get that? And they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise shall also the Son of Man suffer the, of them. So they'd already – he's saying, well, Elias has already come, even though y'all wrote about him, but y'all killed him. And you're going to do the same thing to me is what he's saying. The son, he calls himself the Son of Man because he's – coming down to the planet to save everybody that is in human form as a man uh, born on this planet, okay? And they called man, woman, man, form of the humanoid sentient intelligent being species that we are walking, talking, but our soul spirit like his is inside us, the pure light of what we really are because we're of God. But the disciples understood that he spake unto them, oh, John the Baptist. And when they were come to the multitude, they came to him, a certain man, kneeling down to him. This is in black. This is telling us what's happening here. This is the story. So uh, he knelt down saying to him, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic. And sore vexed, for oft times he falleth into the fire or off in the water. And I brought him to these disciples, and they couldn't cure him, could not cure him. I'm saying couldn't, southern, could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O oh, faithless and perverse generation. So he's talking to all that those people at that time. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. I'm sure he didn't say it like that, but I'm reading it in my voice. Like, oh gosh, you guys, come on. So Jesus rebuked the devil. There you go. There's the devil, okay? So he departed out of him, and the child was cured for that vexed hour, that very hour. So he cured him immediately. That's what the man was telling. My son's a lunatic and falls in the water and the fire and all this stuff. So Jesus apparently 
at that time, the, their evil demons are evil. Nowadays, we call them archons, are evil energies that don't have a body or soul of their own, or they want to go into ours. And it may still happen, folks. We're not saying it doesn't. I'm just putting it into the story here that we know these things happen. But Jesus was able to be in the Son of God. Could you know? He was telling you if you have faith of a mustard seed. Oh, that's fixing to come. Oh, okay. I just saw that word. Okay, it was cured from the very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, "Why couldn't you cast them out?" Okay, but he said this in private. And Jesus said unto them, "They said, why could? Oh, why could not we? Oh, he's okay. They're saying." Why can't we cast them out, the devil, like you did? Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, (laughs) verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit that kind goeth not, out but by prayer and fasting so in other words why you only have prayer in other words what i get from this richard you can tell me in a minute but he's saying look if you got faith tiny just enough faith just the size of a and a little mustard seed folks if you buy them at the store you can in a little jar from walmart there's a little mustard seed i guess they used them a lot for spice or whatever but he used that as a, a example said, if you believe you can move that mountain, and you got just a little bit of faith, you can do it. So Jesus is telling them this is the way it really is. Of course, I guess you got to be in your light body and your spirit and soul and know that, you know, you're with God and who you are. But he's saying, how be it this, this is Jesus. <laughs> how be it this kind goeth not, but by prayer and fasting, you know, like you guys only seem to want to pray and fast. You seem to get the spirit. But anyway, so, and while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man shall be betrayed into the hands of men. And I guess he talked to himself in the third person as the son of man. And they shall kill him, and the third day he shall be raised again. And every, they were exceedingly sorry. And when they were came to Capernaum, they received tribute money, came to Peter and said, Doeth not your master pay tribute? Meaning, give us some money. He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, Thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Now he's asking him a question. There's a big question mark here. Of their own children or of strangers? And Peter said unto him, I guess it was Simon called Peter because I thought up here it said Simon, but we'll look at that in a minute. Jesus said to him, strangers, Jesus said to him, then are the children free. Because Peter said unto him, of strangers, Jesus says unto him. Now, Jesus is talking to Peter, said in red, then are the children free, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them Go thou to the sea, cast a hook, take up a fish, and the first that come up, when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. Take Then take that, give it unto them for me 
and thee. So at the same time, now this is black again, just telling the story. And the time, at the same time, the disciples unto Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And y'all may have grown up seen little pictures of Jesus having a little child. And he's talking to his people around him, okay? He called the people around him, set a little child on his little knee there, and set in the midst of them, talking to everybody. It said, now this is in red, Jesus says, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as these little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest is in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones, which believe in me, it was better, it were better for him that a millstone were hung around his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offense come, but woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It's better for thee to enter into the life, halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee. It's better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. So take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye? So he's questioning everybody. If a man have a hundred sheep and one of them go astray, Doth he not leave the ninety and nine and go after into the mountains, seeking this one which has gone astray? And it is so, be that he find it. Verily I say unto you, he rejoices more of that one sheep than of the ninety-nine which went not astray. So even so, it's not the will of your father. So even so, it is not the will of your father. Father which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he'll not hear thee, then if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, and in the mouth of two or more, three witnesses, Every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. Now, that's the people, right? I guess of your faith, whatever that is. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. And you'll have to look those up. So, <laughs> but Jesus is still speaking. So he says, Verily I say unto you, whatever you bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Now, let me read that again. Verily I say unto you, 
whatsoever ye shall bind on earth, huh, it does say that, shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever ye shall loose on earth, shall ye loose in heaven. I guess whatever you take with you and whatever you leave behind. We'll talk about that with Richard. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that shall ask, if you shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered together, and my name, there am I in the midst of them. So I wonder if Richard and I feel like we're gathered in the name of heaven and God, because if so, it says right here in Jesus' own words, if you believe what's in the Bible, that is, or that man wrote these words for a reason. But Peter came to him and said, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Like till seven times? Question mark. So Jesus said to him, I say, not unto thee until seven times, but until seven times, 70 times seven. Holy moly. I guess we're supposed to forgive and forget. Ah. So the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king. He's still speaking to Peter. Boy, he likes these parables, doesn't he? He liked unto a certain king, which could take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon one was brought unto him, he owed him 10,000 talents. Settle accounts on talents. So talents is like money, I guess. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him, Be sold, and his wife and his children and all that he had for payment to be made. And Jesus, now Jesus talking this, not me, this is Jesus. Well, you know, the words that are written here. The servant, therefore, fell down, worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I'll pay thee all. And the Lord of that house, that servant, was moved into compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. I'm sorry. People are coming over here, I guess. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. Jesus is telling them this story. So Jesus knew this story from somewhere. So he studied a lot, I guess. But this servant went out, found one of his fellow servants that owed him 100 pence. I guess pence are like talent, some form of currency or something. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. Oh, gosh. The throat saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I'll pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison Till he should pay the debt. So, now it's still Jesus telling this story, y'all. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord what it was done. So then his Lord, after that, he had called him and unto him and said, Oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me to. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Whoa, that's a lot of teaching right there from this here book on this here Sunday. Richard, what say ye, brother? <laughs> yeah, well, 
I mean, like he said, if two or more are gathered in my name, which we are gathered in his name, then he is present also. And yes, he resides in our hearts. He resides in our spirits. So, uh, yes, there was a great sharing of all kinds of biblical verse and all kinds of different lessons being taught. Uh, First and foremost, forgive all others as you forgive yourself. In other words, You should forgive yourself for all that you have done and in turn forgive all others for all that they have done. Uh, Nor should you judge or persecute anyone because, again, you don't want to be judged or persecuted. So that's the the main gist that I get from that anyway. Um, You know, Christ was saying, you know, hey, you know, you've got to... uh, Forgive. Seven times seven. Seven times, 70 times seven. So a great, <laughs> humongous <laughs> number, okay? So in other words, there should always be forgiveness in your heart when dealing with others because that's, that's where, you know, that's the right place to be. And it does not matter how they have harmed you, for in forgiving them, you are forgiving yourself and you are joining your heart with God, basically speaking, or the heart of Christ. Um, so we better way. remember where we came from, and we better want to remember that we can do just like Jesus because it's here for us to find folks in this latter-day time. Oh, that's, believe it or not, that's Susan Johnson calling. That was Susan Johnson calling me oh, on no. the phone. I haven't heard from her in a long time since she was yeah. on this show. So... Yeah. Be perfect and try to do the best you can and forgive everybody, not just one time, not seven times like Peter and uh, 70 times, but, you know, we got this is a lot of words here, folks, to learn from. And the church are the people that if you want to believe you are, but, uh, you know, everybody can preach and teach and we have evangelists of all types and all kinds of religions and world and on tv and this is radio but uh all the words you hear you can hear them spoken from different people and how it affects and resonates with you but good vibrations and the game of life we want to believe that this is the truth spoken by the man himself that walked the planet had a human form but boy he could light himself up in spirit like no other person could because he was a direct line to his father God, knowing God Father, who came and apparently he had a way to bring him around, or maybe he didn't summon God to the cloud. Maybe because he had told Peter that he was going to build his rock uh, on Peter, you know, I guess the future church, because he talked about the scribes go – Peter, you know, go fish and get that coin out of that mouth. So he could prophesy or make things happen. If you know he could kill, cure demons out of humans and speaking in today's language, and he could tell somebody to go fish and pull a coin out of a fish, that's some pretty heavy miracles in that day and time. And you can imagine it was very powerful when they left the stories for us to find in obviously different languages and this that we're talking about is the one number one the most the 
book that has sold the most, people have cherished and bought and purchased to understand, to lead them in this planet, on this world, called the Bible. And us in America, this country was based on many, many different people coming to this place and space on this particular part. And we now recognize that we are here and we ascend. And that's the gist of what these, this number one sold book in the entire planet on this, these words that my family have chosen to lead themselves, whether they were Mennonites or Amish or Mormons or Latter-day Saints, Catholics, Protestants, Baptists, Methodists, we've all been all that to this present day where I have been studying world religions coming and going in and out of body. Going, why am I back here? But, you know, it always happened. It was always the way it was. So the whole point of Richard and I coming together, in my own estimation, you can, you know, throw eggs at me or whatever you want to do when you see me in human form out, which I don't get out among the people much, very seldom, (laughs) mainly because of the sign of the times, COVID-19 here on the planet, folks, and we're hearing other strengths, whether they be, but you know what? Those that believe in their immortality and their oversoul and their spirit and that we come and go and come and go. Some of us may be on the wheel of life that can't get off the light uh, or may follow a certain light. And those are the blue flame that go eternally. But Jesus was in the white light. Now, Jesus portal to him, he says, by through him do you get to his father so if you believe in a god uh, of the one god a monotheistic they say mono meaning one and uh, logically want to know your higher self is you know you have the part that is when you're a baby born into this planet you have the experience that you're something inside you and then there's that which drives your nervous system with your mind and it grows over time you can prove that to yourself through academic education and the world the way we've got it set up here in america speak for here in america because i'm an american and speaking from gulf breeze florida Uh, but i was born in louisiana but i was born in america and knowing that i was raised to believe all this but the knowing comes from me dying and being on the other side And doing like Richard said, soaring into another place in space. And I actually talked to some people, our beings, our mortal souls, and was told I could come back. By choice, I did. Uh, When I talked to angels at the age of seventh and second grade, they were up above me when I had hepatitis. I talked to angels. So I believe in angels. I've seen people with demonic powers. I've seen dark shadows, not knowing if they're evil or good. But uh, I understand there are beings that can come and go, just like uh, some people say they are out in space. Beings that have no soul, and they call them archons from those. We can do a whole show on those, which a lot of radio shows do. But there are things out there that we don't understand and we may be in fear of. Uh, 
But what we like to say is there's only fear of fear itself because if you believe that faith is a wonderful thing, and it's gotten me out of a lot of stuff. When I was really down, I was in debt. I didn't know how I was going to get out of it. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. My children are, I mean, going through just terrible times. Uh, it was my faith that pulled me out of it, got me out of some bad scraps. And, uh, you know, I've got scars, I guess, internally that we all say we have to go see a therapist for, confess our sins or whatever. It'll make us whole. But Jesus, uh, Yeshua, or whatever you want to believe that man, oh, scare me, <laughs> uh, walk around five times. Let me let you talk, Richard, but do you believe he walked on the human form? I do. You're let breaking up. Anyways, yes, I do believe in a God. However, the God I believe in is unconditional love. There is no judgment. There is full acceptance of all races, creeds, traditions, and so forth, uh, because naturally they, since I do believe in a male and female god or god and goddess per se, uh, they are the creators of all that is, has been, and is yet to be. So, you know, um, yes, in our spiritual nature, we can create miracles. It is almost like, in a sense, that we have to give ourselves permission to do so because normally we're very involved with the material world and all that goes on around us with all the family that we have, with all the friends that we have, with all the concerns and worries and and hardships and struggles and obstacles that we overcome. Uh, but, yes, faith is a tremendous thing because faith can change things, definitely. If you have but the faith of a mustard seed, which a mustard seed is very, very tiny. It's like about the size of a, the head of a pin. Okay, that's how small a mustard seed is. Um, and you can move mountains. And I do believe that, you know, uh, we as a race of human beings, if we will reach out to each other in love, forget about separatism, forget about division, forget about wars, forget about all of these different things that divide us and reach freely unto each other in unconditional love that we can, in fact, change the planet we, we reside on to a much, much better place than it is now. Now, will this come to pass? I certainly have faith and hope that it will. You may or you may not. I mean, after all, we are each unique given individuals with our own concepts, perceptions, and, you know, we perceive things the way that we find them. We perceive things the way that we're shown. We perceive things the way that we experience them. There is no ultimate right. There is no ultimate wrong. Rather, what is falls before us, some would say, by the, our own hand or by the hands that gather together in turn to create it. So you could say, as a race, we have a consciousness that creates the reality we experience. And as a given individual, you create your own world in which you invite and transit through relationships with family, relationships with given individuals, relationship with friends, uh, many of which are more close than even blood family is at times. Um, this is all good, and it's all a presentiment of what we experience in life. And sooner or later, we come to a point where we have gained enough knowledge, where we, we have 
tread the path long enough to experience enough that we are basically through here. And when we are through here, then in turn, God calls us home. None go home early, none go home late. And that's a very hard concept to accept, but it is probably the easiest one to utilize for all circumstances. Because naturally, no one wants to hear of the death of a child. No one wants to hear the death of an infant. No one, wants, no one as a parent wants to see their child die before them. No, one wants, no child wants to hear of their parent dying, and so on and so forth. Uh, but the thing of it is, you know, this is all the accepted rule is we all go home when we are meant to go home and not before. And I speak from direct experience because, yes, I wanted to go home and I was turned around and said, no, you haven't done yet, so you've got to come back and do some more. So here I am. And, yes, it has been a lifelong experience of all kinds of unusual, supernatural, paranormal, exciting things that have gone on. And then at the same time, like everyone else, I, too, am a human, and therefore I have a lot of the mundane that goes on. You know, you have to get groceries. You have to pay bills. You have to eke out a living, you know, you have to have that money so that in turn you can survive and you have to have money so that in turn you can do things. But anything and everything is possible, okay? And I think that's the grandest note that I would love to leave, leave you all with this blessed Sunday. And again, a great grandiose uh, sentiment and appreciation to all the fathers out there. And of course, this is the summer solstice which is a holiday that celebrates the length of the sun because it is higher in the sky and stays longer in the sky. There is more light today than there is any other day of the year. And so that's why we call it the summer solstice. Anyway, brightest blessings be with you all. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed uh, Teresa's sharing from the Bible, uh, uh, (laughs) quoting scripture and so forth. Uh, yeah, that's but there were there were a great many points and valid things that were mentioned, and all of which point to basically the same thing, that Christ was more than a man, and he showed himself to other humans as being more than a man, and that in turn, we are also more than just purely human beings. Don't you and think again, there's some missing, there's something about the way that's written. I'd like to see the original written stories because it feels like there's something missing there. It doesn't go to talk about Elias and, you know, the men seeing it. It's like it just gets your copy of the Aramaic Bible and then you will have the whole story. Why? Because Aramaic is the language that Christ spoke at the time that the Bible was written and the and the Bible itself was written originally in Aramaic before any other language. Okay. And I assure you, it tells you a whole, whole different twist than what the King James presents. Some to the good, some to the not so good, some to the strange. Um, it's just a, a very, very interesting read is all I can say. Well, did you uh, get one that was translated in, or do you read Aramaic? I, there, you can acquire the Aramaic Bible that is translated directly from the Aramaic into English. And it was hmm. this copy that I acquired. And you yes, I, I've studied. I've studied the Latin ones. I've studied the German ones. I've studied the Russian ones. I've studied the uh, Western versions, which is King James, and then of course the Eastern German, uh, the Eastern versions, which are of course all 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 done through the Orthodox Church. 
The Orthodox Church recognizes a few more books in the Bible than the James Version does, and so forth. And, of course, this has been an ongoing struggle, you could say, as to what should have been put into the Bible and what should have by rights been left out, when in reality none of it ever should have been left out at all, because all of the books present a genuine story that has a message that was being told to the people at that time. Now, of course, the Bible would have had a whole lot more books than it has now. It would have been much, much thicker, <laughs> and it would have taken a whole lot longer to read. Myself well, personally, my, you know, myself personally, I just prefer the, the, the New Testament simply because that's based purely on the teachings of Christ, and it, it well, quotes Christ quite often. You know, it. tell people, well, we, I'll tell people, Constantinople, that city, and Constantine was the king. And back in the yep. day, they weren't anything much of anything. But because of some certain things happened, I'd like you to look it up. Look up the story about how the Bible was chosen and how certain books were put in the Bible. And the fact that they couldn't seem to agree and get all these people together. And I've seen and read several stories about it because that was always curious to me. I always felt like part my soul told me that there was good story here, but there was more to it. No matter which religion I joined or what sect, uh, I always felt there was more, even esoteric and occult metaphysical books. There's always more. And I believe that the story that we follow here in America was Constantine, and he had the choice to put them together. The people wouldn't come together. He had a big thing at Nicaea, I guess, and brought them all together. And in Constantinople, finally, there was at least 16 of them and one guy more than the others. And finally, he just told the one guy, that's it. We're cutting it off because he invited everybody, I think 32 leaders or whatever of their sex cults, whatever they were, because they didn't really, maybe churches. But uh, the ones that finally got put in there are constrained and I don't know who finally got it into the Gutenberg, but we've had people didn't read and write like we do now. So you got to remember that, folks, especially those in America and especially those that think they're right about things. And I'm not right about everything, and I'm not wrong about everything. That's all of us. So you have to weigh a balanced soul and higher self with that, that your divine revelation you're receiving from God himself or herself or both selves or the source or the monad, but we are leveling up. And I strongly suggest that love, because Jesus said faith, hope, charity, and the greatest is love. And I always remember that because my ch children had to recite it in church when I was taking them to church when they were little kids. But faith, hope, charity, and the greatest is love because Jesus was asking himself the man and it quoted but even if he went back to India, and even if there were studies, and he did study Tibet, and he did uh, over in uh, Tibet, and wherever he went, and he studied all that had been. And we heard he studied Hindu, Hindi, everything that was on the planet, because he, even though he was a man, would turn, was visiting the planet. But he came by choice, we understand, because of the war in heaven of the angels, and we can go there in the future. Maybe next week, I don't know, because some people believe in heaven and hell and some don't. Some believe good and bad. Some believe good, bad angels. Some believe in Anunnaki wars. 
and some believe in the archons, and some believe in even those in the, some of the latest books written of people that are studying the stories of extraterrestrials versus aliens or good guys and bad guys or those that are benevolent, meaning good for the benefit of others, are malevolent, malcontent or malevolent meaning you're bad. So we're still under that feeling. could be an emotional leveling up because our emotions seem to attach to our memories, and we're learning all that in neuroscience and spiritual science and studying how we are not our brain or mind that is only a part our nervous system, and if we strip away them, I always liked it in some of the sci-fi movies, uh, I forget, uh, it was The Borg. It was Star, not Star Wars, but Star Trek. And I always remember that lady, uh, I still like that actress, she had high bone, cheekbone, but the woman that played that part, but they took the brain and the spine out of the humans, so to speak, and put them inside the Borg. But she was all metal-like, holding the nervous system. Anyway, that's sort of how I see us as part of something much greater than ourselves. But that nervous system all over us has memories, and if you cut one of those nerves, it has no more memory. It can be cut and severed, and you don't feel that anymore. So that made me wonder because I had my back cut and my throat. When my throat was cut, I was supposed to be able to talk after, but I couldn't. Finally, some little (laughs) came out of me. And then finally I told God if he'd let me speak, I'd sing again, or I, and I did. I made some gospel songs, stuff like that, and that's how some of my music I still sing or hear you hear occasionally. I can't get to a lot of my original music, but with that said, the fact is our human reflection of what we are as a human has something to do with our inner nervous system and mind that has to do with how we walk, talk, speak, touch, taste, feel, and our emotions are attached to those feelings that help us gain memories. Now, some people say we don't have memories because they've seen their relatives with left side or right side stroke. Are they, their memories are gone, or where are they? Well, they came from somewhere. So they're recognizing that they can still be in a human form, either using one side or the other or none or lose complete memory of who their family was and still be something of a human. So these are things that you should contemplate and think about because we can still be here now, still be in human form. Is our soul still there till we die? I believe it is to give those people comfort that have had those situations. And with death and dying, I believe that our bodies go to the ground and our spirit rises to be part of our book of the soul, our higher soul conscious. And that's just what I choose. Richard and I and a lot of other people may say it differently than you would know about it. But Richard, a way to say the spirit, we always have the spirit, and Jesus talked about that. But what he was showing was probably everything that he is as a light being going back to the Father. And he talks about all children and their angels are in the presence of God. You know, so they know their innocence. If the, so, maybe they get to come back to this place or another place or another existence. And I guess we can take that to another level next week because we're yeah, out of time it's, now. Yeah, well, we're nigh at the second hour. All right. Anyway. Well, everybody, enjoy your life. Enjoy your uh, whatever you're 
out there researching and studying, but keep your soul, mind. And there's a show I'm watching from 2018 called The Good Place, and I'm, uh, Ted Danson's in it. I found it on Netflix. But, you know, Richard Janet told me about this probably in 2018 because she could get Netflix, but I got all cable and I got a lot of channels and she didn't. But she told me about that, and the girl that plays the being was Janet. Now I get what she was telling me. She found that curious. We're both Janets. Well, my my um. All right. Well, I'm gonna sign off. Much love and light. It's been a pleasure as always. Are you Uh, gonna come back? Much love and to all our listeners. We'll discuss that in private. Okay. Oh, Wednesday. Okay. I guess we'll be back Wednesday. All right. Love and light, everybody. Love and light. Thank you, Richard. All right, folks. Uh, I'm playing on. I pay for every day, uh, two hours here. And it depends on who you are. But if you would like to uh, speak on a topic, let me know. You can write to me at tjmorrisagency at gmail.com or tjmorrisamerican at gmail.com, tjmorrisreporter at gmail, at tjmorris. So I've got publishing, reporter, American. I've got ACIR, and I've got TJ Morris Agency. And I try to separate my email system. All of us can have 10, apparently, at least on Gmail, our 10 on AT&T tied to the same number. I have brands, and so people don't understand, but it's an accounting system in a way I can keep who does what with me because I'm a a singer, songwriter, writer of books, publisher of books, e-books. I do websites. I do domains, hosting. I help people as a life coach, and they call me for instruction or to work with me or to build teams, and we have Slack. So we build teams, and it just depends on who's working on what or who wants to work with me on what. So if you're interested in being more than just an individual and only want to work with a team, or come back and talk with us in cyberspace. Wednesdays is more esoteric, metaphysical, and Sunday is more spiritual and about God and church, and divine wisdom and love and light. So moving right along, everybody move forward, enjoy your time on earth, and know that that which you create to level up in this game of life, you can take with you, just like in a video game. And who's to say we're not? So love and light till Wednesday. Love and light. Goodbye. We're now going to ask you to find us in the universe and be a part with us so you can be all that you can be. When you're down and troubled and you need some love and care And nothing, nothing's going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I will be there To brighten